And uh, for those of you that know me, I do like to run. Yeah. You do? I do, yes. <laughs> yes, I love to run. It's one of those things that uh, some of you can relate, some of you can't. It's very relaxing for me. Uh, I, I love running long distances. For an hour run is like, man, if I could break away and just run and just have fun, I get to pray, I get to listen to music, I get to just think through the different things that are going on in my life, so on and so forth. One of the things I love, love doing, especially nature trails, love doing it, don't have to worry about cars hitting me, so on and so forth. But last year, um, you know, I was running um, quite a bit, about 25 to 30 miles uh, per week, uh, just really just kind of training and having fun. And uh, I started getting these incredible pains in my calves, in the front of my calves, which isn't, isn't that strange for me, because uh, I would get um, shin splints kind of on and off, and I'm like, okay, this is just another you know, bout of um, shin splints, I'll, t- I'll take it easy, I'll ice it for a little bit, um, elevate it, and it will just pass. Uh, a couple months go by, and the pain is just increasing and increasing. I've stopped running at this point in time. There are mornings where I literally can't get up from the bed to the bathroom. And I'm like, I can't walk. My legs are just hurting that bad. And I'm like, I don't know what is going on with me. You know, and uh, I started just thinking, okay, this is kind of one of those areas, you know, as you get older. Thank you, Elliot. I heard that. Um, you start to realize, okay, maybe I'm just not going to heal automatically on this one. Uh, perhaps I need to go see a specialist. And, uh, you know, go start to see a couple specialists, see your own. Uh, right in the audience, not going to give me names, Paul Versace, okay, we'll call him out. Anyways, he stuck some ginormous needles into my calves, which was a lot of fun, and then told me to run as far as I can, and then we'll stick them back in there after you get done running. And I'm like, great, this sounds like an awesome test. Uh, can't wait to hear the results. Um, turns out that it wasn't what they thought it was. So they're like, we don't, we don't really know what it is. Uh, and then I'm like, great. Uh, start doing some other crazy tests where uh, I get videotapes running and have to do this weird stuff. I hold a giant stick and they slow motion me, like do yoga poses, really weird kind of stuff. I'm like, how is this going to help me? Um, anyways, come to find out, it's a couple of different things that were happening there. But what had happened, fast forward, fa- uh, rewind five years before that, I got into a motorcycle accident uh, and basically crushed my big toe to the point where the ligaments... Uh, and tendons, uh, nerve endings don't connect anymore to my big toe, and it just kind of just sits there. And uh, I guess over the five years, they said that my gait had changed to a point where one of my hips had lo- was a little bit weaker than my other one. And it took five years for this to kind of pan out. And so all this pain that I was experiencing in my legs, and then it spread up to my back, so on and so forth, all started five years before that from a toe. <laughs> from one toe. And so I'm sitting there like, serious, one toe. You know, and uh, of course, a, a stupid mistake, me, you, you know, just kind of rocketing through the corners on my motorcycle, not, not a good idea. By the way, any of you that ride motorcycles or don't ride motorcycles, I, I just, public service announcement here, when you meet someone who rides a motorcycle, not a good idea. I don't know why we all do this, but we all give them the worst motorcycle crash story ever. I don't know why we do that. You, spy, you meet somebody that rides a motorcycle, you're like, my uncle died on a motorcycle. You're like, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so let's not do that. All right, anyways, total side note here. Keep on moving. Um, but it's incredible how God made the body all connect. It's incredible how God made every single part from my big toe affect my hips, to affect my legs, to affect my back. All of it is so intricately connected. 
just because a couple of tendons did not attach themselves correctly to my toe. In the same way, that's how God relates the body of Christ. That we are all connected together. We're all pieced together for very specific purposes, very specific reasons. From the smallest piece to the biggest piece. And we all work together. You know, like I said earlier, in the next two weeks, we're going to be focusing on building the body up. About being unified together. And this week, we're going to look at uh, how we contribute to the body through our gifts. And I have uh, some worksheets that we're going to pass out uh, in a little bit. We're going to break into uh, groups in here and really talk about through these, hey, how can, what are some of the gifts that God has blessed us with and how can we use it to unify and to build up the body? Now, next week, I'm really excited about this because I'm going to turn it over to you guys next week. So I'm telling you this now so we can start. You got a whole week to prepare and to get ready. Um, we're going to be looking at um, Ephesians 4. And uh, I want to ask you guys to read on, keep on reading through Ephesians. We're going to go through 1 through 16 today. Uh, and then for next week, we're going to cover, I want to focus in on verse 29. About building others up or benefiting those who listen. Yeah. So I want us to pick somebody, preferably in this room, to really build up. We're all going to get a chance to come up here and build someone up in the Lord. Now I'm talking, this is more than just an encouraging word. More than just, hey, I like your haircut. This is a, we're going to use some passages, use some examples of Jesus, and really build one another up in the body. We're going to have the opportunity, and I think it's going to be a great time of us just really encouraging, lifting uh, one another up with that. Um, I'm sure men, the women are going to definitely lead the way, and they're probably going to destroy us when it comes to (laughs) their ability to really connect on that level, but I think men, we can rise to the challenge, amen? But a great opportunity to encourage and to build each other up. So let's turn on over to Ephesians chapter 4. Get there as well. All right. Ephesians chapter 4. You know, Paul has introduced grace to us at this point in time. It's been refreshing, hasn't it, to look at grace? I don't know about you, but I leave Sundays uh, feeling a little bit lighter. Sometimes on Sundays, I would leave feeling like, man, I'm just not doing everything I should be doing. I feel like rightly convicted to be more like Christ, but just feeling that weight of like, ah, I'm just falling short once again, another week where I haven't lived up to my potential or what Jesus has called me to be. Amen, if that's true. Right? We all, we all need to change. There all is forward motion. But at the same time, there, there's a great motivator that we were somehow missing a lot of times. To be motivated and to be pushed by grace. And it's been great just to really study that out. To grasp what grace is. What it means to be chosen by God. And how it plays a bigger role. The role. In our walk uh, with Jesus. Amen? But also we've been learning that grace is emotionless. It isn't something you put up on the shelf and say, wow, that looks great up there. Yeah. I remember when. You know, there's this commentary I've been reading, the uh, NIV application commentary. It's kind of like a, it's a great, very practical commentary. But I love this line it gives. It says, if God's salvation is so good, live like it. Yeah. And then a couple of sentences later, he goes, our problem is that we have a million dollar sal- salvation and a five cent response. So again, million dollar salvation, five cent response. 
really getting us to think about what, how do we live because of this great grace? How do we live in view of grace and how do we live because we are chosen by God? And here we see that Paul has been laying out what grace is. And now he's going to start getting practical. And start turning it a little bit towards us. But let's pick up here in verse 1. And Ed preached on this actually a couple weeks ago. It says in verse 1 of Ephesians 4, it says, As prisoners for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each of us, grace has been given as Christ has appointed it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave the gifts and gave gifts to his people. What does ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly region? He who descends is the very one who ascends higher than all the heavens in order to fulfill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip His people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of the people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, We will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of Him who is the head, that is, Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. I'll stop right there. It's very intentional how Paul introduces grace to us. But then, he moves on to talk to us about the body of Christ. He skips over the personal right now and says, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I want to address the body of Christ. I want to address your response in the body of Christ and the response as a whole. Now think about it. It flows. It's only through grace that we're even here, right? You even think about, I love the fact that there are so many people that I'm friends with that I never, for one, would have talked to or two, would have had any type of deep relationship with. I mean, it's true. Like, there are people that I know from across the United States and even in this room that I'm like, honestly, I don't know if I'd ever really talk to you. But now I'm so incredibly grateful that we have this relationship. That, that, you're, that we're able to share this bond of Christ between us. And it's nothing I did. It was only through God that I have that relationship. It's only through grace. You know, but t- uh, Paul naturally moves on to the body and really wanting to stress the importance of unity within that body. You know, the body itself is an extension of God's grace. I even spoke a little bit about this on Mother's Day, on how our flaws are balanced by others in the body. You're not meant to be perfect. God gave you a whole room of imperfect people. Hopefully that we balance it out and become more like Christ together. Amen? Now, would you ever notice that Jesus doesn't attend to your needs personally. I mean, think about it. I mean, take that, take that for what it is, all right? I'm not saying Jesus doesn't care about you. I'm saying, you ever notice Jesus doesn't come down and attend to your needs personally? You know, there is a vertical response 
to grace, right, between you and God. There's also a horizontal response to grace. That's the way God set it up. Is that he goes, I can't send my son to attend to each and every one of you. So I'm going to send all of you. You're going to be the body of Christ. You're going to represent my son together, unified. No, we are one in Christ. And it's an amazing gift that God has given us. I mean, sometimes it's hard for us to wrap our heads around this. It's hard for us to start viewing ourselves as in the plural. Because we do have a very individualistic society. Or it is about, I got to do better. I got to work harder. I got to reach my accomplishments. I can't do that. They can do that. So I'm going to sit here. Right? It's all about the individual. And the body of Christ is, kind of, is the exact opposite of that. But to tell you the truth, when has, being like, been, when has being a disciple or being like Christ ever gone along with culture? Right? When has your walk with God ever lined up with what society is doing? Never. And the same way with our individualistic view of the way we see the world and even our own walk with God. It's countercultural to those that are around us. Just like everything else that we do. No, but the great thing that Paul is talking about here with unity, the idea that he's outlining is that he doesn't want us all to be the same. Right. Yeah. You know, he, he's, not, he's not asking for sameness amongst us. But think about how boring that would be if, you know, you got baptized and you were asked to change your style. Right? If you're like, okay, you, you, gotta, you have to dress like this. You got to talk like this. In fact, these are the sports teams you're allowed to like. Redskins. Lakers. You know you're a Lakers fan when you still stand by the Lakers at this point in time. You know, but imagine if it, if it was just, we were all one. We were all just like the same thing. Like clones, carbon copies. Boom, 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 boom. It would be boring. I would be bored hanging out with you. I don't want to hang out with myself. I enjoy the differences. You know, God set it up because he wants you to be an individual within the body of Christ. He wants us to be to have a unique role in the building up and the maturity of this body of Christ. You know, we're all connected, just like my toe. Right? Even though mine kind of has, is less connected at this point in time. Probably not the best example, but you know what I mean. It affects the rest of my body. You know, and I want to focus in here on verse 16. Let's go ahead and read that again. It says, From the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Paul's outlined this idea of all of us doing the work together. Building each other up together. You know, we can't reach maturity unless all of us work together. We can't become the fullness of Christ unless we all work together. The key is that each part does its work, though. Your response to grace is your response to how are you going to handle that work. Are you willing to answer that call? All of us have a role in the body. How about you right now? 
What kind of role do you play in the body of Christ? I'm not talking about, am I a toe or am I a lung? I'm talking about, like, what role do you play practically here in the body of Christ? I think for some of us, maybe it's, I know what it is, but I haven't been doing it. I'm kind of I'm, I'm kinda tired of doing that same role. I've been a disciple for 20, 25 years. It's been a while. Someone's lost. You found it, right? You're here at church. You know, I think for, you know, some of us that, that, that have been around for a long time, it, it, it's the same call. Some of the marrieds ministry, the, the marrieds, you guys have been around for a while and amen, we love you, love the wisdom, but it's like, are we still giving back? Are we still a part of the body just as much as we were 10, 20 years ago? You know, the young marrieds, I, I love the coastal edge, but you guys aren't young, young marrieds anymore, okay? <laughs> Let me just say that right now, okay? I love your zeal, but you guys aren't young marrieds. I think a lot of times you, we can say that, and it kind of puts us down on a lower level of expectations in our own mind. And we feel like, well, I don't have to be as mature and take on as much responsibility as the older marrieds, as the more mature marrieds, because I'm a younger married right now. When I get there, then I'll take care of that. But my child, you, you guys, if you've been married for more than five years... You're not a young married anymore. If you have multiple kids, you're not a young married anymore. You are married. It's, you're, in the, you're in it. Okay? Now, this is something that, for, for me, is very heavy on my heart. I'm like, what's going to happen in 20 years? You know, amen. I love the mature marriage. I love them. But time marches on. You know, for, for us that are the younger marriage, I, I think we got to be playing a bigger part. we got to be asking more questions, asking to be taught more. Take on more responsibility because, like I said, time marches on. we got to be willing to try something new. I think all of us do. I, I look back at, through my experiences uh, just jumping into different things. It has been incredible doing worship ministry, doing sound ministry, doing kingdom kids, doing ushering, do whatever. I'm like, just let me do something. Graphics ministry, young, young marrieds, campus, teens twice, actually. You know, it's just, we got to be willing to just keep on going. I know it gets tiring serving. It does. There are times I'm sure Dan can totally relate. Waking up early before everybody else gets here. It gets tiring after a while doing worship ministry. Dan says, he's, he's like, I love it every morning. I love waking up that early. It gets tiring. It's not just the upfront stuff either. You know, the body of Christ isn't about just what happens here. Right. It's about, you know, even the um, loving and encouraging that happens behind closed doors that you may not even hear about. Right. Integral part. Yeah. You know, when someone's sick or someone's in need, us going out there being willing to meet that need as the body of Christ. Wow. I think too often few of us do, the few do most of the work. You know, there's a dangerous side to that because it looks like everything's being taken care of. Yeah. So a lot of times we're like, hey, it's all, all the needs are met. I don't need to do anything. But it's those few great-hearted individuals that just, man, do everything. I think for some of us, we've got to step up a little bit more. 
inject ourselves into the body a little bit more. Because it is going to allow us to mature and to learn. To meet new people. To perhaps take on new roles. To learn new facets of what goes on here in the building. Or what goes on amongst the kingdom. You know, we can't hold back by not giving. Because all we do is affect the body, which in turn affects us. It stifles our spiritual growth. It stifles all of our spiritual growth. You know, at this time, um, can I get some of the teens? Can you guys help hand these out? Sure. Go, T. 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 Go, T.